You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 136th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization that has been dedicated to social change for 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about the tensions on the Russia-Ukraine border and the drumming up of war by Western leaders. We want to start this program with a long quote from Noam Chomsky, the well-known US linguist and political commentator, and one of our favorite critical inspirations. I quote, if the media were honest, he said, they, they would say, look, here are the interests we represent, and this is the framework within which we look at things. This is our set of beliefs and commitments. I personally don't try and hide my commitments, and the Washington Post and New York Times shouldn't do it either. However, they must hide them because this mask of balance and objectivity is a crucial part of the propaganda function. In fact, they actually go beyond that. They try to present themselves as adversarial to power, as subversive, digging away at powerful institutions and undermining them. The academic profession, by the way, plays along with this game. End of quote. So, Let's be upfront as well. We want to have a look at the media, which have been rather hysterical of late, whipping up a frenzy about international crisis. And this time, it's the Ukraine-Russian border. We have already discussed the orchestrated Western, especially US and Anglosphere-led anti-China campaigns, especially the AUKUS, Five Eyes and Quad initiatives. And now it's Russia's turn. Apparently, there has been a sudden ramp-up of Russian aggression, a build-up of troops on the Ukrainian border, and an increase in threatening talk in the diplomatic exchanges. Presumably, this has necessitated, quote-unquote, defensive actions by NATO and by the US and its allies. Well, that's the story, but let's unpick it a bit. Mm, So, firstly... Just to refresh listeners' memories, NATO is a North Atlantic Treaty Organisation started in 1949 to, quote, guarantee the freedom and security of its members through political and military means, unquote. It was especially intended to contain the communist threat after World War II. Initially, it consisted of 12 countries, all West European, the US and Canada, and they agreed to coordinate their militaries. When West Germany was allowed to rearm and become a member in 1977, Russia and Eastern Europe countries established 
the Warsaw Pact. All of which seemed to become a bit superfluous after the fall of the so-called Iron Curtain and the disintegration of the Eastern Bloc by the end 1980s. Yeah, and back to the present and Russia's presumed aggression, Seth Malik in Friday Culture Limited on the 29th of January simply says that there has been no sudden act of aggression by Russia. Quote, Russia has regularly placed troops on its border with Ukraine and vice versa, unquote. According to the Ukrainian President Zelensky, the level of threat hasn't changed. So how extraordinary when taking into account all the media coverage that it has attracted, including in the Australian media. And there's more. President Zelensky claimed that, quote, his country's current problems came from the West rather than from the East, unquote. So secondly, who really is the aggressor? Mm-hmm. Is it Russia putting the Western powers on the defensive and galvanising them into action by a new threat? To look at that, we need to go back to the fall of the Soviet Union in 1989-90. Seth Malik explains how the Soviet Union, then under Gorbachev, and the Western powers agreed to not take advantage of the situation by aggressively expanding. In short, Moscow would not move west, and the west would not move east. Mm-hmm. Quote, not one inch, unquote. That was the phrase used three times by U.S. Secretary of State Baker under Bush the older as president, to describe the agreement and later that was agreed to by UK's Thatcher and by Helmut Kohl of Germany and other Western voices. George Kennan, who was the US-based architect of the first Cold War between the US and the USSR, he had this to say at the end of that Cold War by the end of the 80s. Quote, expanding NATO would be the most fateful error in the entire post-Cold War era. Such a decision may be expected to inflame the nationalistic, anti-Western and militaristic tendencies in Russian opinion, to have an adverse effect on the development of Russian democracy, to restore the atmosphere of Cold War to East-West relations and to impel Russian foreign policies in directions that are decidedly not to our liking. Mm, so, that's a, that, yeah, so that's a, a, a big mouthful. But basically, Jacques, you'd, would you say he was warning against the temptation for the West to expand NATO toward Russia? Absolutely. That was what he was saying and that was mm-hmm. agreed to, as I said before, or as we said before, uh, by uh, the other powers. Mm-hmm. So I guess something must have changed the thinking of the US and NATO, um, which have been going back on their agreement not to expand eastward for some time now. And they have been vastly expanding eastwards, justifying Mm. their actions by saying that they are only doing or making defensive steps and that that expansion expresses expresses the wishes of the newly independent Eastern European countries. Mm. Which really reminds me of my interview with Aboriginal author Claire G. Coleman a few weeks ago. That was um, the 28th of January. She described a creek in Australia, I think New South Wales, named Attack Creek, 
which is a place where Aboriginal people actually defended themselves against white attackers. And as she pointed out, it should have been called Defence Creek. Yes. In fact, it has become quite clear that the NATO and its most powerful members never had the intention of entering a peaceful coexistence with Russia. Indeed, starting already under the Clinton presidency during the 1990s, NATO's eastward expansion from 16 members before 1997 led to the gradual inclusion of an additional 14 countries earlier belonging to or linked to the USSR. Mm-hmm. Altogether, NATO now counts 30 member states. Mm-hmm. So from 16 to 30 members, that's quite an increase. Yeah, it's basically doubling. And barely hidden efforts have been made to further expand NATO's reach to include Ukraine in its ambit. All those countries now have their armies integrated in the military capacity of NATO. And they quite literally surround Russia territorially, quite comparable to what the US and its allies are doing by surrounding China with about 280 military bases, Mm. as we mentioned a few weeks ago. Russia quite understandably feels threatened and increasingly surrounded and has repeatedly told NATO to stop building missile bases on or close to its borders. And it asked NATO to withdraw its troops from Poland, Estonia, Lithuania and Latvia. Mm. It is also asking NATO to clarify that it is not grooming Ukraine to join the NATO, which would be blatantly against the agreement by the West to not expand eastwards. Remember, not by an inch was the commitment all sides agreed to. Mm. And on that thought, we'll now go to a music break with Sin Scaro by Rustavi Folk Choir.
Therese Virtue here from Music Sans Frontières. Subscribe to 3CR for music programs dominated by Australian artists, supporting Australian music making and lifting your day with glorious sound. 3CR is a membership-based organisation. We depend on our members' support. That's why we make it so easy to subscribe. Call 9419 or go online to 3cr.org.au. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about Western expansionism, particularly by the US and NATO, which seem to be drumming up war on the Ukraine-Russia border. Yeah, I guess we've been arguing that a supposed imminent threat by Russia on the Ukrainian border is a bit of a beat-up part of an information war to justify Western expansionist moves. But Jacques, an article in Al Jazeera recently on the 9th of February states that there is an amassing of troops by Russia along the Ukraine border, but that it is not to prepare for invasion. It's a kind of chess move by the Russian president. Harun Yilmaz argues that Moscow is trying to force Western countries to sit down and negotiate on European security. Um, This journalist says uh, the Kremlin worries about the possibility of the US deploying missiles on Ukrainian soil and it wants to limit military exercises close to Russian borders. So Jacques, I guess my question is, which is it? Is the West making up a sudden increase in Russian troops along the Ukrainian border to justify its own expansion or... Has there really been an increase in Russian troops as a type of chess move by Russia to force the West to negotiate on security um, because it's feeling under threat? Or was it initially a beat up by the West and then responded to by Russia with an increase in troops, uh, albeit that have been there in some form for a long time anyway? Well, it could be all of the above, I would say, but we need to not forget that the up the build-up of uh, armaments around Russia was actually the West doing missiles all around Russia and armies which are now totally integrated in the NATO system. Mm. So actually, if you think about it, it could be easily understood as a Russian response. And yes, they may be indeed amplifying their military presence around the border, therefore. Mm, and I guess also we should tease out when we're talking about military hardware and troops. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that if you have a, a build-up of military hardware, um, mm-hmm. often there's not much that troops would be able to do to counter them anyway. That's right. The missiles already, yeah, the, <laughs> yes. the Western missiles are already there and they exactly. just need to push a button. Yeah. So the big question for us, I guess, here is um, talking about uh, information war in the media why aren't we hearing about the past and the ongoing expansionist aggression by the West? Why has our own press been so one-sided and I would say hysterical, especially when you think there are uh, conflicts all over the world? And this mm-hmm. has been a very um, central focus. You'd think it was the only border in contention in the whole world. And um, it, it, my question extends to... Uh, the ABC, 
which mm-hmm. really should know much better. And the ABC, I've been even surprised at to how hysterical and one-sided ABC coverage has mm-hmm. been of this as mm-hmm. well. So why are we hearing so much about supposed military ambitions of Russia that the West is uh, supposedly impelled to respond to, Jacques? What do you when think? even the Ukrainian President Zelensky says they aren't happening. Mm. And he openly accused the West of being the reason for all the commotion. So going back to Chomsky's words, which we started the program with, in large part, it is in large part an information war, war which we are witnessing. And we have discussed that in a program on the 21st of January, identifying information wars as one of the ways in which the US maintains and extends its own global dominance. Yeah, and remembering that an information war involves control over the storyline, control over the storyline put out to the population, which is pretty much disguised propaganda. And Noam Chomsky does use the word propaganda, actually, in describing Mm -hmm. this. That's right. Or fake news, as so often proclaimed by Trump, who was busily making it up himself. Mm -hmm. So information war... Um, invents and presents a story of goodies and baddies with our side being the goodies, of course, which justifies a a lot of things. Yeah, and these stories are useful internally and externally to the country when repeated and confirmed often enough in the right forums and when alternative facts are not available. Yeah, Jacques, or facts are presented as opinions from being suspicious in some way and from mm. suspect sources, which I think has happened mm. a lot in the commentary on this Ukraine-Russian yeah, conflict. Yeah, the, the script is clear. Everything that emanates from a rogue state, and I put that in quotes, is false or untrustworthy. And anything that comes from us, the West, is seen as true. And it is also handy and so much simpler to focus all that badness onto the bad leaders of those states, like Mm. Putin or Xi. They are dictators anyway, Mm -hmm. whose dreams of world control are repeated and asserted as compared with us who are real freedom-loving Democrats, aren't we? Yeah, and we love our free press, don't we, Jacques? (laughs) (laughs) So um, Alfred Desires has written a great article about this, He titled it NATO as Religion. Desires has impressive credentials. He's a professor at the Geneva School of Diplomacy and he's a UN expert on the promotion of a democratic and equitable international order. So Desires sees a current US-NATO-Ukraine-Russian controversy, as he calls it. He sees it not as a new controversy, but as a logical continuation of NATO's expansionist policies since the fall of the Soviet Union, which we've been talking about. And highlighting uh, the close ties between the US and NATO and, and in fact, the dominance of the US in the NATO context, Desire says that NATO's approach implements the US claim to have a mission to export its socio-economic model to other countries, in fact, to the whole world. Yeah, Alfred Desires laments the myopia of the rest of the West in uncritically accepting US and NATO narratives about what is happening, even while these narratives have been proven to be inaccurate or even proven to be deliberate lies. 
and he wonders how this is possible. How does the supposedly respectable media get away with spreading these stories and how come we keep accepting them even when past lies are exposed? Mm. The title of his article, NATO as Religion, pretty much describes his general conclusion. Yeah. Within this NATO religion, NATO are seen as the anointed ones and anything and everything is framed with NATO as the good guys, the ones with the halos. But this narrative requires constant lying to to, um, keep it going. So just one example is... The well-known example is the illegal invasion of Iraq, which was in violation of international law. This required the lie that the Iraqi leadership was harbouring weapons of mass destruction, which turned out, as we know, not to be true at all. Yeah, that's only one. So why haven't we become more critical since? Well, if NATO is a religion, we take its pronouncements on faith Mm -hmm. and lying becomes honourable whilst questioning statements of presumed fact becomes unpatriotic. Yeah, so, Jacques, up is down and down is up, as in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, crimes committed by NATO over the past 73 years are not crimes, but at worst, understandable errors in the execution of noble intentions. Mm. So despite all the complicity of much of the Western media in this propaganda, Alfred Desire suggests, quote, NATO's expansion and non-stop provocation of Russia was and is a dangerous geopolitical error, a betrayal of the trust owed by us to the Russian people. Worse yet, it's a betrayal of the hope for peace shared by the majority of humanity, unquote. Mm. So, returning to the real reasons for the present tensions, could it be that the free West can't cope with honest political and economic competition on a free world market? And afraid of losing that competition grasps at the only weapon left, military dominance. Mm. And given its and other Western countries' internal troubles and predicaments, the West needs to deflect from those internal troubles and create outside enemies. The levels of confidence in internal political systems and processes has been plummeting about everywhere in the West. Inequality, rampant and blatant injustices, all made worse by the pandemic, have undermined the legitimacy of and our loyalty to the state, Mm -hmm. and they make the need for external joint enemies absolutely necessary. And and you mean China and Russia? That's right. And with the loss of power and the recognition of the global regulatory instruments, and I mean with that the United Nations institutions, the WTO and international justice bodies, crude nationalisms and populism feed the narratives of the virtuous West and of the NATO religion that goes furthermore unchallenged. Mm -hmm. Finally, turning to the Australian role in all of this, we already mentioned the Five Eyes, Orcas and the Quad, and our national leadership, or what passes for it, they think nothing of drumming up war with China, and now with Russia, of course, also, to improve their party's chances of re-election. 
especially our present defence minister, Peter Dutton, mm. gauging his own chances of possibly becoming prime minister himself, mm. which is all understandable, of course, given the debacles the government has been creating for itself and for the nation. The latest example, its religious discrimination bill disaster. Mm. A recent Guardian article title expresses it well. Peter Dutton has plumbed new and dangerous depth by suggesting China is backing Labour. And we'll talk more about this on, uh, the, on our programme next week. So, on to our community announcements now. If nothing else, this programme should remind us all of the importance of having alternative independent voices in the media. How else can we see beyond the fog and the biases and the lies and the omissions of mainstream media? So make sure you support 3CR and become a subscriber or renew your subscription if you're already a subscriber. It's important. You can do this online at 3cr.org.au or by phoning the studio on 03... 94198377. I'll repeat that. Uh, 03 94198377. Mm, and as a program on another radio station, I listen to Get the Phone Out of Your Pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available on podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Thanks again to Clive Vaughan for recording, technical production and music selection. Meanwhile, stay tuned for Jailbreak after Milkumana by King Stingray. Become a 3CR subscriber today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. Be a part of your community radio station.